Melbourne's a city of festivals and events. Grand Prix, French, Italian, German, Scandinavian film festivals, art events, music events. And let us not forget the one dearest to our palates and stomachs, the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Belinda Jackson spoke last week about a special dinner at Attica. Rita Ehrlich this week talks about a dinner she went to and the importance of the festival to Melbourne and to diners around Australia. I went out to dinner the other night. Nothing special about that, except that this was a special dinner. It was an event within the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, a candlelit dinner featuring French food at a restaurant called Smith Street Bistro, one of the restaurants owned by Scott Pickett. Its style of cooking is French, so the special dinner was entirely in keeping with the style of the restaurant. There was a lot about this dinner that was remarkable. The choice of dishes for a start. Dishes from great French chefs. Signature dishes from Alain Passard, Roger Verger, Michel Roux Jr., Joël Robuchon, Pierre Troigros, Pierre Kaufmann and Alain Ducasse. All chosen so they formed a proper meal and all matched by brilliantly chosen wines. This was all about the best of French gastronomy, the best of France at a time when France is not actually showing itself at its best. The dinner was held in the special function room, very romantic. What struck me was that it wasn't a romantic dinner for everyone. We were sitting next to a group of men who were clearly not romantically involved. In the way things happen, we struck up a conversation. They were from Hobart, either all in business together or in partnership. I never found out what they did or what line of work they were in, but I learnt a lot else about them. We ended up talking a lot about marriage and what it meant, among other things. They were in Melbourne to go to the Grand Prix and booked in for the dinner. The man sitting next to me told me he really didn't care very much for wine, but he was greatly enjoying the wines of the night, and he was fascinated by the way wine and food work together. And that, I thought, is one good reason to hold a special event. It encourages people to try new things and to discover new things they like. It encourages people to talk to strangers. It encourages restaurants to stretch themselves. I spoke to Scott Pickett about it a couple of days later. He wasn't in the restaurant that night. Stuart McVeigh was heading up the kitchen, as he usually does at the Smith Street Bistro. All of Scott's restaurants were doing something special for the Wine and Food Festival. What's it like doing these events? I asked him, why do you do them? He said, it's like a grand final. The games are always good, but the grand final is something special. All stops out, in other words. Which is just what Belinda Jackson was talking about last week, after she'd been to the dinner at Attica, which explored native Australian ingredients. The regular grand event of the festival is the longest lunch. It's been going for as long as the festival itself and has been in so many places, but for the last few years has set up in the Treasury Gardens. It's a great sight, a long line of tables stretching across the gardens. Every year another chef, or often group of chefs, designs the menu. 
and the Peter Rowland Company prepares the food with lots of students involving in serving it. Some years the food is better than others, but even if the food isn't gorgeous, the point is the fun of it all. Even better, of course, when the food is terrific, and that's a tribute to everyone concerned. This year, the menu was designed and the dishes devised by Ala Wolf Tasker. For those who don't know, she runs the Lake House in Dalesford. She began it with her husband, Alan, who died recently, and their daughter, Larissa, and son-in-law, Robin, are part of the business too. It's been going since the early 80s. A couple of weeks ago, I went back to Lake House. I hadn't been there for a few years, and I was not only delighted, but quite moved by it all. Of course it's wonderful, luxurious, thoughtful, an extraordinarily thoughtful blend of the best of international thinking and local ingredients and mood. This is unmistakably country Victoria. What moved me, and always does, is that I remember when it first opened. I wrote the first review of it, in fact, when it was a tiny weekend-only restaurant in a house that Alan had built, in a garden that Alla and her mother had planted. The gardens are now as lush as a tropical garden, but based around eucalypts. And the saplings I met years and years ago are now giant trees. Dalesford's changed too. What was a poor rural town that had been attractive to European migrants because of its mineral springs is now a flourishing rural town with art galleries and cafes and excellent restaurants, not to mention B&Bs and other hotels and mineral springs and places for massages. It's a centre for well-being, if you like. That change, I think, was driven by Lake House. It's extraordinary that one restaurant and hotel could have sparked such an enormous impact. But it has, and it did. And it began very small, by encouraging local producers and then with Alan working with local artists and artisans, as well as his own paintings, which hang in the restaurant and in all the guest rooms. So now, as I said, Dalesford's a great place to visit and a place from which to explore the region. The number of really good restaurants would alone be a reason to spend a week or more in the area. So, all in all, this Melbourne Food and Wine Festival has been a week of reflection for me, reflecting not only the quality of food and drink, but on the pleasures of the table and the power of all of that. Peter Ehrlich there on Melbourne's 30th Annual Food and Wine Festival.